0: From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for Suck Attack, the number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast, and here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark. Mark 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 Hershaw.
1: Yes, it's me, Mark Hershaw your host and non-presidential candidate for Epi 118 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. This is another Suckatash Clips episode. It's been a while since we've had a long Suckatash chat episode, but I do have a few potential interviews lined up for the next couple of weeks. We'll see if we can get anyone who wants to talk to me, and if they do, then we'll see if you want to listen to it. See how that works? For new listeners of this here podcast, and just as a reminder to you old ears out there, we feature clips of other comedy podcasts as a way to let you know what's going on out here in podcast land. It's basically a public service, and judging by the level of donations lately, we're definitely not for profit. Oh, we'll take your money. We just need to find someone who wants to give us some. We also interview podcasters, comedians, and comedian podcasters, as well as other interesting people we may happen to find along the way. The last episode of this show ran kind of long, almost an hour and a half, and one of the reasons I split Succotash up into clips and chats at the beginning of the year in the first place was to try and get the show length down a little bit. Well, this week's show should be tight and tidy, a neat little program which means you can get back to your regular life already in progress. Coming up clip-wise in this installment of Succotash Clips is Pipe Dream, Radio Brendo Man, Think Again, Vice, and Worst Collection Ever. In addition, we have a double dose of our Burst of Durst segment with comedian and social commentator Will Durst, a classic Henderson's Pants commercial, and another end-of-the-show acapella song by regular contributor Abner Surd. I don't think I have much in the way of business to get to before we get to the clips, just the usual stuff that nobody seems to care about, such as clicking on the donate button at the SuckatashShow.com website to help us out since we don't have sponsors other than Henderson's Pants and They Don't Pay Us Squat. Now, if money is something you don't want to spoil us with because you're afraid that me, our producer Joe Polino, and announcer Bill Haywatt might just go out and drink it up, well, you might be right, actually. So, I'll tell you what, why not go up to iTunes and just give us a nice rating and a short review? Doesn't cost you anything, and we'll stay out of trouble. I had lunch with the aforementioned Joe Polino just yesterday to talk about production matters here on the show. We're trying to lure Bill back into Studio P to the wet bar for a couple of boozing with Bill segments, but he's being a little difficult. I may have mentioned a couple of episodes ago that the poor guy has stopped smoking, and I think he's doing it old cold turkey. So he's been a bit of a pill to deal with and doesn't want to come share his booze with us. So we'll see if we can't get him to see it, uh, see our way of thinking. Might have to beat him up a little bit. I don't know. other than that, uh, our friend Travis Clark of Tiny On Conversations is in town this week with his wife Brandi Clark, performing Tuesday night at the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley if you happen to be around, so I'm going to get together with he and his wife slash co-host or is that co-host slash wife for dinner. If you're in the Marin County area on Thursday night this week, I will be emceeing a screening of the Three Still Standing documentary and a live comedy show by the three guys featured in the film, Johnny Steele, Larry Brown, and our very own Will Durst, that'll be at the Rafael Film Center this Thursday night, starting at 7:30 p.m. There's a link in the blog piece for this episode at suckatshashow.com to get more information on tickets and details and stuff like that. Speaking of Will Durst, here he is with our very first burst of Durst for this show, where Will is going off about the Trans-Pacific Partnership.
2: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, a trade pact upon which many people have strong opinions. Problem is, no one knows what's in the 30-chapter 12-nation agreement. The public hasn't been allowed to see its contents. Ultra-hyper-super-secret. Almost as classified as Taylor Swift's cell phone number. Though 500 corporate lawyers have worked on it, not even members of Congress have gotten a copy. No sense in riling up the kiddies prematurely, but in the spirit of the pact itself, utilizing a series of bribes and extortion, we here at Dersco are proud to be able to reveal some of the covenant clauses a month early. In an effort to eliminate child labor abuse, Malaysia will no longer grant adult status to anyone able to smoke cigarettes. Now they have to light them as well. Brunei promises to no longer pretend to be a real country until their population reaches one million. Canada doesn't have to do anything except be their cuddly selves and stay out of the way of the big boys. New Zealand will stop it with that whole damn lamb thing. The TTP requires Vietnam to pay workers the minimum equivalent of 20 U.S. cents an hour without benefits. Ten cents win. The USA must compile a list of radical environmentalists who will be restricted from annoying other member nations with chants and slogans. Attempting to combat overfishing, Japan agrees to ban all drift nets more than a mile long. Peru pledges to conceive a new word for monopoly that can be utilized by member nations to placate local unions. Singapore will be forced to legalize chewing gum and all hell is going to break loose. Because of its long experience with cartels, Mexico will be in charge of the dispute resolution tribunals. Chile will be encouraged to change its name to something that inspires fewer jokes. And finally, Australia shall henceforth be required to stop living in the 1970s. For Sakatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst.
1: Thanks, Will. More Durst later in the show, but if you just can't wait, you can browse Will at his home site at willdurst.com, or you can also catch him tweeting at Will Durst. How about that? For our first clip, I'm going to turn the hands of time back about a month to the fourth Los Angeles Podcast Festival. That's when I got to be a guest on a podcast called The Worst Collection Ever, co-hosted by friends of Succotash, Sean Merrick and his wife, Jean Stansfield. Merrick? They have a perverse pride in their absolutely dreadful, terrible, wonderful comic book collection. Books that no one seems to care about. It's more of an island of misfit comics, actually. This visit with them was a year in the making because last year at the Podfest, I told Sean that my favorite terrible comic character is DC's The Creeper. So he and Jen combed through their collection and dredged up an issue of The Brave and the Bold, featuring the Batman teaming up with The Creeper to stop a mysterious villain made out of paper.
3: What made you get into the Creeper? Like, was there an issue that was your
1: favorite? Well, when I was a kid, I I think I saw the origin issue. And when you talk about an issue of the Creeper, the Creeper never had his own book. Yeah. He was always like the last. Well, He had to beware the Creeper. Yeah, but it didn't start that way. He started as like one of those four-page. It was a showcase. Yeah, 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 where they they ran. You know, they said, "Well, we got four more pages to fill. What are we going to do? Let's put the Creeper in there." And it was like this, I saw, so I have this distinct memory of seeing his origin. Right. Where he was helping some scientist who implanted him with the thing that lets him turn into the creeper. Right. And and it seems like they changed him over the course of time. Because remember when he first was a creeper, he had some sort of narcotic drug in his system. Yeah, yeah. And when he would switch in and out from being the creeper, the drug would go away.
4: And it was kind of supposed to, it kind of of has gone between him being like dual personalities to him actually it actually being like a uh, physical like me- like more of like a it's, a it's gone between being like a psychological thing to like being a uh, like a mechanical thing yes because like he's got the device that he hits and he goes
1: whoosh. yeah but he has full consciousness of of who he is it's not right. like a crazy person he's yeah, right. so, so, like he's
3: so they, they kind of took identity.
1: they kind of took the fun out of him yeah yeah but this
4: this particular book.
3: This is this is uh, it might be a little too real. <laughs> it's a little bit. It's a little
4: bit like real life.
3: Uh, so we start this book with Batman just hanging out in Gotham, getting just like assaulted by paper.
4: Yes, because he's like, oh my god, there's almost no wind, but now there's wind.
3: Yeah, so he's like running around off the rooftops, and people have been. Uh,
4: they be people getting, they be getting murdered. People yeah. be getting murdered. College kids getting murdered,
3: <laughs> and also uh, a few
4: drunks. A few, a a few, few drunks.
3: <laughs> a few drunks. And some college kids, which kind of <laughs> might actually be the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps finding like and, paper dolls at the scene.
1: And man, Batman's dialogue, his talking to himself in this issue is so lame. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's like yeah. he has, like this this passage here. What in heaven's name is the connection? <laughs> That's how Batman thinks to himself what in heaven's name that just doesn't seem right to
3: read some of these like older issues that's so far away from modern batman oh yeah just like who is this character yeah um so he's thinking about it and then there's also as he's like i don't know what to do i gotta solve this crime we cut to this crazy person on tv who's basically a talking head and he gets up there and he tells everybody what's wrong with america
4: that's yeah, right. He's, he's basically uh, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, and he's just
4: and he's on chat. He's he's got his own. has own TV show <laughs> commentary with Dr. Clayton Wetley, <laughs> PhD. Can't forget
1: that. Oh, the other, the other. I thought. know uh, you ham. Interesting note at back a panel or two is the the murderer always leaves a chain of paper dolls yeah. at the scene of the crime.
4: See, but the thing is, I don't it know it if this comes up until it. later. I think it, this is literally the only yeah. time where Batman's just like, ooh, paper dolls. It yeah. does.
1: Yeah. No, there's. There, they
4: but,
3: do mention it again later, but it's just sort of like one of those things where are like. But once
1: okay. you find out what, what's, what the, the source of the murder is, where's the paper dolls? Oh, like, it even what, make do, sense? it makes like, no
3: sense. Why are they here? But.
2: Yeah.
1: Terrible, terrible, awful wonderful comic well still if someone wants to buy me the movie rights to the creeper i will happily write a screenplay thanks to sean and jen of the worst collection ever which you can find as part of the sideshow network.tv family Speaking of the LA PodFest, our next clip was harvested by our associate producer Tyson Saner, who could not have known that when Brendan Creasy and Phil Vecchio of the Radio Brendoman podcast were recording this episode that this clip is from, that I was sitting just an arm's length away in the Squarespace podcast lab. I even remember them doing this segment. But you know what? They never asked me to be on their podcast. Hmm... So
5: we're on the panel, and Brendan's giving the advice that he keeps his little, you know, note thing. I have a second one, too. On his phone, yeah. And I'm like, okay, give us your, give us your joke. What do you got on your phone there? And, uh, did you know what to expect? No, I had no idea. I just figured you'd have something funny on there. Oh, yeah. So here it is. And also, I had to censor it and yeah, yeah. The room, so I won't censor it here. Um, I know time travel doesn't exist because future Brendo hasn't come to kick my ass. <laughs> and man, have I really fucked that guy. Like so that, I, I, and, and when you told it, the room. Oh, sorry, there. We're, we're fighting with other podcasts physically right here. Um, all right, you got a good laugh from the room. So, and then what I have the some one? notes here of going on the. And I'm like, um, because no one has been given the sports almanac. Yeah, like the economy should have collapsed by now with all the rich biffs out there, but that hasn't happened. Or maybe that's how this one percent thing happened. Yeah, that's true. They're the ones that have the book. They have the book. This could be it. So now what we have to do. That explains Donald Trump. That's the only way. Trump's got the book. He's got the book. See, now we is. gotta stop. him. Oh, Trump is Biff Trump, Trump is, is alternate nineteen eighty five Biff. Absolutely. I mean, come on. It's all making sense now. So we need to go back to when. So nineteen fifty five, when when old Trump gave young Trump the book. Yep. We gotta find That's out good, where yeah. that happened. But see, here's the thing. So j- time travel hasn't happened for us. We don't have access to it. But someone does. someone does because obviously you have it. Because again, Rich. Yeah. Future Brendo hasn't come to kick my ass yet, because I feel like he should have shown up in about 1985, and like, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm at my, no, here's, here's when he would have showed up, he would have shown up, 1987, I'm at my grandparents' farm, I got that bowl of cookie, Chris, I feel like if time travel existed, future Brendo would have just been like, slap that bowl right off that table, stop it, stop it now, you don't know what you're about to do,
0: you're heading down a path.
5: And forever will it haunt your destiny. And so no. No Brendo. No Cookie Chris. Because that's where it started. Like yeah. if I had to pinpoint a point, that there was ball. a definite distinction. And because then I remember getting home, my mom's like, what did your grandma do? And then I just kept going. And and like so I feel like if time travel existed for all people, then future Brendo there, he should have... Slap me when I signed up for that credit card in, oh, yeah. near Biola. It's not free money. When, um, when I got that Gateway 2000 on credit, just slapped that. When I, I don't know what other things that I did that were stupid. Um, got on the road to Wisconsin maybe, I don't know. Uh, what other things? Um, let that girl borrow my car. Uh <laughs> Gone out with certain people. But see, then had you done that, then we wouldn't have all these great stories I guess. Tell, but so. again, maybe that's maybe there is a future Brendo. Just like, past no. Brendo just got to make his yeah, own choices. This, this maybe. Because what if it's a Bill and Ted situation yeah. where we like control the world I'm in the future? I'm sure that's how it is. And so future Brendo has been preserving that all along. Yeah, and Rufus is telling you like, no, you can't go back and fix it or else this is all gone. But future Brendo, man, really wants to slap yeah. me. Like yes. But those what? Cocoa Krispies. No, Coke Cookie Crisp. But also Rufus was like, no, no, can't be done. Well, it's a good bit, I guess. I think yeah. I got something I, I there. I think you definitely have some material yeah. and the there. almanac stuff, and I kind of went off on a little thing Catch there. Catch more
1: of Radio Brendo Man at the aptly URL radiobrendo.com or from any of the typical downloading and streaming services such as iTunes or, you know, Stitcher. This past week for Huffington Post and Splitsider.com, I reviewed the Think Again podcast with host Jason Gotts and his guest, the great Norman Lear, producer of such TV touchstones as All in the Family, Good Times, and Sanford and Son. It's a cool premise for a podcast, this Think Again. Jason has his producers select and play three short audio clips from different topics. Those are taken from past guests on the Big Think website's videocast. Now, Jason doesn't know which ones are coming up, and neither does his guest. So after each soundbite, they respond to the topic at hand, off the cuff, as it were. In the slice I'm about to play for you, Lear and Gotts kick around Donald Trump and human cruelty. It starts out with the audio chunk, and then they'll respond to it.
6: It's common in in public discussions, notably those fueled by figures such as Donald Trump, to mischaracterize immigrants and say things like, well, they should have waited their turn in line. But one of the ordeals immigrants undocumented and documented face is that there is no one line. Those who are in support of Donald Trump, who have lent their support to Donald Trump for now, I would say that the very first thing they need to do is to speak to some undocumented immigrants. But there are other reasons why it's important to push back against Trump. One has to do with the long, long history of xenophobia in the United States a xenophobia that has touched many of the ancestors of those people who currently support Trump. It is easy when one settles into life in the United States and one has children and grandchildren who are pursuing the American dream to efface or begin blurring out the traumas of the immigration experience. Because everyone wants to be American and that means, well, you sort of forget what your grandparents or great-grandparents went through. But I would encourage them to do some archival research in their own families, to begin asking around. Things were pretty grim, in part because of nativist and xenophobic sentiment. And it's in this way, by thinking both to our collective past as a nation and thinking about our past as an immigrant nation, that we can begin to push back against some of Trump's more noxious statements.
7: First of all, I don't think the American people deserve to be weighted down with the establishments, how they've accepted Trump. I think the American people had a good opportunity with Donald Trump to raise him up by way of giving the others and the establishment the finger. I see Donald Trump as the middle finger of the right hand. I think the early Donald Trump was altogether authentic. A horse's ass, but an authentic horse's (laughs) ass. And that was refreshing. And it was a way of saying, screw you. And I think he's falling to pieces slowly now and will continue to. Let's talk a little bit about this immigration crisis that's going on right now. Do you think all the
8: country, nations of Europe should fling their doors open? I would assume your sympathies lie with the fleeing refugees.
7: My sympathies do indeed lie in that direction. We have to understand who we are as human beings. And I don't see leadership helping us. I see a lot
8: of self-interest. I don't see any centralized leadership, nor do I think that the powers of Europe on the whole would accept that centralized leadership if it were coming Mm -hmm. from, say, Germany. But also, I'm not hearing those voices. I'm hearing some, like, okay, let's come up with a formula, but I'm not hearing brave, human-centered leadership.
7: I, I think, I mean, there's no time for this but yet I think it must happen at some point where we reach a general agreement about who we are as human beings. I mean, the fact of my life as a human being, I can go to sleep knowing there are hundreds of thousands of kids with flies in their eyes and and maybe even before I fall asleep, I go down to the refrigerator and have a late night snack. I am born with the capacity to choose to be that ignorant or that indifferent. To that kind of suffering. You know, and I'm born with the same capacity for doing violence that anybody else on this globe was getting, you know. I flew uh, during World War II. I was in a B-17 bomber. I was the guy, the radio operator, who let the pilot know when the last bomb had cleared the bomb bays before so sort they of could close the door. I used to look down and see our bombs dropping and then Meeting with the thousands of or hundreds of other bombs from the other planes all around us, and I would think well, they're not all going to hit the target, and I was and I would think I don't care, I don't care. And then sometime later, I wondered if anybody came to me with a piece of paper and a pen and said, "Sign this, that you never would care if it hit a farmhouse and a family." I don't think I could sign that, but I haven't been tested. And what I'm talking about, I'm talking about only because we have to come to understand that we are capable if we're taught to hate. I was carefully taught by Hitler and what I knew was happening with Jews and others, and I had sufficient hate to feel that way at the moment.
1: There's a taste of Think Again. You can get to the podcast and its episodes through the BigThink.com website, or hop up to our home site, SuckatashShow.com, and click on the Think Again title to then be whisked directly to the Norman Lear episode. Tyson Sainer tracked down and clipped us a hunk of the Pipe Dream podcast, which is part of the Comedy Pipe Network. That's kind of all we've been able to find out about the show. Pipe Dream is apparently hosted by a trio of Albany, New York comedians, but it's not easy to discover their names by any of the web presence that we've found. Now, Tyson thinks one is named 3D. Beyond that, though, these guys need to get their PR together, because it's a pretty decent show and we should be able to know who the hosts are, right? Well, in this clip, they talk to their guest, who is identified, Harry White a stand-up from New York, and a fan of Suckatash. In fact, the only reason we found out about the show is that Harry clued us in that he was going to be on it. Hey, Harry, who the hell are the guys you're talking to?
9: So, 3D, the cool thing about this show is that you always do some sort of background check before yeah. the guest comes on. Yeah. Then you try to ambush them with their own uh, petard, so to speak. Sure. Petard. Enjoy that petard.
7: <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing. I love nice that. Nice exercise. No, it's a great word. Oh, you know, I, when's the last time you heard that? Was it was in a
10: movie recently, or no? Well, yeah. It, n- n- there is a couple questions. <laughs> yeah. The, the first one: Did
9: you watch the new Daily Show? I actually didn't watch the new Daily Show because I don't have cable, and I could have watched it online the next yeah. day. But I figured you would have. You know, think you know. found your way. I to wanted to do it, but see how I didn't. Did. I didn't get an opportunity to do I, it. I, I, I heard it. It, it was mild. Like, that was the review. It was just mild. It's actually probably in his best interest if I don't watch it yet, because every show that I seem to watch and take an interest in gets canceled immediately. Hmm. What was the last show that that lost you? The show that I tried to watch and then it was canceled? Stupid paraphrase, that lost you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, there was that one about the submarine. Oh, uh, the last, the last ship yes, on the planet. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I like that show. That, that got canceled. No, oh, almost immediately upon oh. me. <laughs> I did actually. I, I, I really
10: like this show, and they're like Wah, gone. I watched one episode <laughs> at a friend's house because he just happened to have it on. I was like, that's kind of cool. Well, it's McSteamy. I don't
3: know who that
10: is. I uh, from Grey's Anatomy. There's McDreamy and McSteamy, and I only know that because I'm I'm married, and she just no no no. Okay, this is the one about the submarine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. there was the last, basically, Whatever. yeah, ship on the planet that was trying to, So it was like a lost thing with a ship. It doesn't matter.
9: This show was really cool, and I like what they were doing with mm-hmm. it, and eight seconds after I told everybody that it was really good, it was done. Uh, Parks and Rec, I really liked that show, and I finally sent out a thing to everybody saying, hey, if you have never watched this show, no. you better, eight seconds later, this is the last season of Parks and Rec, <laughs> this is it, so then I just they, gave they, up. They did, what, three seasons? No, that was on for a while. No, no, it was on a long time. Okay, even uh, more. And so. the, remember the neighbors on ABC, the one about the aliens who live next door. That show was a riot. No, the kids and I used to watch the show. It was great, perfect family show. <laughs> the second I started talking aliens. about it, <laughs> <laughs> cut. So no, no. If you've never oh, seen it man, and you can no. find it, you should. definitely well, Why watch don't it.
3: you get like a Netflix account? You ah, can watch see, that's it the thing.
9: I only watch Netflix because all the shows on there are already canceled exactly see wow. so there's no way it's the there's
3: best. no disappointment you, you know already when there's know. the it's end
9: it's the end yeah. right but the problem is is i don't know how netflix stock has been doing since i've mm-hmm. taken that out mm-hmm. maybe i will be the death knell for their entire business model <laughs> no, and just kill them no, they are so.
3: booming i heard a story on npr they yeah. are booming and loving it so was blockbuster watch remember that <laughs> yeah you can watch it online i never I would have
9: guessed by looking or sounding <laughs> I mean, you never would have guessed that you enjoy NPR. I that do. is totally out of it's left field. It's pretty bill.
3: much all I have on in my car. Ever. Huh. Bullshit. No, no, oh, I was like, bullshit. Oh, oh, I yeah. was like,
9: sounds like such an exciting ride.
3: <laughs> the late, great Moore O'Neill giving me shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I do in my spare time.
9: Never would have guessed.
3: Anyway, mm-hmm.
9: so. <laughs> Not that a picture of you could be replaced for a picture of any of their correspondents. <laughs> Even Ira Glass looks exactly like you. It's
3: we all have the same glasses. It's yes. the glasses that give it all away.
9: Yeah. Right. The
3: glasses. Uh, but their stock, their stock is doing great. Everybody is streaming Netflix online. They have, they have lots have of uh, great shows. Well their own shows now. That's what made them survive, is their you, own shows. Yes. You know, you House of Cards Alone, stuff yeah. like that. Not that I've ever watched
10: it, but phenomenal. Devil. Daredevil, I've actually watched a couple episodes of that. Good stuff. You yep. know, that's that's yep. they did but find Netflix and But my and one chill. gripe is when you no. go to find a Orange. movie that you want to watch, like an no, old Netflix movie, and chill.
3: can't find it. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Not there.
10: Yeah, there's a lot that's not. there. Yeah, they yeah, don't there's have a lot everything. of movies that aren't. They good. just took Knight Rider off. I cried.
9: The shows are good. though. I cried. What fuck is wrong with them? See, I cried. I didn't mm-hmm. know that they rotate the shows. Yeah, they take shit off. Yeah, I did not know that. So there's a nine part mini series about the history of baseball, done by Ken Burns. Yeah. Great show. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. Jefferson. I, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> I would. So love I was punches. watching yeah, it. It's good. Mm-hmm. A little bit at a time, right? right? And I got to Go. the seventh inning, and I had just gotten halfway through it. So I have already invested six and a half hours mm-hmm. at least <laughs> into this thing, and then whoosh, the, the last inning and a half—I'll never know what happens. That's it's like just blue gone. Balls. Ouch, <laughs> Harry!
11: if I didn't watch sorry. that show.
9: Documentary yeah. Blue
10: Balls. It is like, how does the Civil War end? <laughs> Fuck you,
1: Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That's our friend, Harry White, chatting it up on Pipe Dream, which goes live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. East Coast time, and then lives forever as a podcast at ComedyPipe.com. At one point, Harry mentioned he was going to try his hand at writing some commercials for Henderson's Pants. Now, I don't know if he lost his nerve or if someone just let him know that Henderson's doesn't pay dick, so we'll just have to play a message from our loyal sponsor, who's
0: bringing back their Halloween hit this year. Ghosts and goblins, Frodo and Spider-Man, and lots and lots of slutty nurses all wandering the streets can only mean one thing. No, not Fleet Week. It's Halloween. This special time every year, Henderson's restocks the shelves and interwebs with our Deathly Halloween. More than just a pair of pants and yet not quite a full-blown costume, Henderson's Deathly Halloware is meant to be worn under your disguise to make sure your Halloween stays safe, sane, and filled with treats. The wizards at Henderson's tailoring factory start with a thin yet comfy layer of 100% cotton lining. Stitched to that is a second layer. This one made from 70 mil thick military grade Kevlar. Finally, your Deathly Halloware is coated with waterproof matte black acrylic, strong enough to keep you safe in the darkest night, whether it's hailing hail or bullets. Henderson's Deathly Halloware is also light enough to assure that you can keep tricking and treating until the cows come home. Moms and Dads, Henderson's wants to remind you that not even our Deathly Halloware can guarantee complete protection from the low lives and scumbags that are waiting to prey on your precious children. It can't detect razor blades and apples or roofies and Rolos. So when you steal your kids' candy while they sleep, be extra careful and take a good look at what you're biting into before it bites into you. Anderson's Deathly Halloware was originally designed for Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. Not the unstoppable killing machine from the Halloween movie franchise, but that unstoppable mugging machine from Wayne's World. That's Henderson's fine trousers and costumery since 1549. And now back to succotage. Thanks very much, Bill
1: Haywat. All right. Well, according to their entry over on Podbay, which is a great app for listening to your favorite podcast, by the way, the Vice podcast, that's V I C E, is a weekly discussion which delves inside the minds of some of the most interesting, creative, and bizarre people within the Vice universe. From the clip that Tyson picked for us uh, for this show, Vice's host, Raihan salam probably got that name wrong, gets comedian and musical genius Reggie Watts to reveal his agenda of world domination.
12: Hi, I'm Raihan Salam with the Vice Podcast, and I'm joined today by Reggie Watts, a comedic entertainer, a multi-instrumentalist, a man who is so many things to so many people. Reggie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So, Reggie. Uh, what? is jash. It sounds like some terrible skin condition one might have. Well, you can get a jash if you're not too careful. Uh, It depends on which bars you hang around. Yes,
8: definitely. Or which bars you use. Sometimes you have sensitive skin. Now, uh, jash essentially is a I guess, a conglomerate of uh, four comedic uh, entities. So it's uh, Sarah Silverman, Michael Sarah, Temeneric, and myself. Um, uh, and silent partner, Vladimir Putin. Yes, Vlad- yeah, Vladimir, so, yeah, so, of course. We don't talk about that. Very yeah. silent, yeah, very silent. Um, pussy Riot. Um, no, But, um, but also, uh, yeah, Daniel Kellison is the executive producer. And so I think it was kind of his idea, his and Sarah's kind of Musings that led to this kind of Google-YouTube relationship and then inviting these other partners or whatever they call it on the site, luminaries. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's just, a, it's just a YouTube channel that features all of the weird shit that we make, specifically with Jash producing it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it.
1: Reggie,
12: what is your agenda? Do you have one? Do you have a plan for destruction? <laughs> Do you have a plan for delight? Do you have a 10-year plot that you've been slowly implementing?
4: Um
8: I do have an agenda. Uh well, I don't know
12: if I have. A agenda. Do, you, do you feel comfortable revealing
8: your agenda? I mean, I of course, I mean I have to think about it, but I mean <laughs> I I don't know. I think it's a certain form of disruption and uh, discomfort, but it's uh,
12: under a benevolent um You're making me very uncomfortable feeling. right now, so you're succeeding.
8: Well, I'm trying to do it benevolently. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, "Hey man, blah blah blah. Oh, oh, but not so bad." No, I mean, uh yeah, I guess it's just about it's about, yeah, a form of disruption or just kind of, yeah, just disrupting a, a certain thought process or, or
12: ways that we go about things and just kind of like reframing it or re-, re or decontextualizing, I guess. So, so rattling people. I mean, someone who, you know, I look at things in this one way, this is the way my community looks at it, and then suddenly I see Reggie. And he's just sort of like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and he kind of discombobulates. And mm-hmm. sort of, but what is the outcome of this disruption? You know what I mean? Like, what is the best-case scenario for, I come to your show, and then, you know, things are seen a little off-kilter, a little askew, and, you know, what comes from that?
8: Well, I think it's a form of destabilization. I think that when people are destabilized from their expectations, I think it it actually frees the mind, it actually puts the mind into a state that it wants to be in, which is we have a tendency of wanting to define things so much that we feel that we truly understand or we we feel safe about our understanding about reality, which is an important aspect to have. Otherwise, we would go insane. But it's also another, uh, uh, I think the mind naturally wants to kind of think of things in many different ways and to explore things. And I think that for me, it's... When I when I perform, it's mostly about well, okay, subverting expectation, but getting to a point at which people just kind of surrender to an experience, and then hopefully that inspires some kind of self exploration or just immersion to let them be in the experience, um, uh, or take away perhaps I mean <laughs> at best you know take away something that makes them think of things differently.
12: You know. When did you start thinking along these lines? Like when you were a little kid, were you aware of this idea that people had a certain expectation of you and that you could kind of disrupt that expectation?
8: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean when I was a kid, I mean I grew up in Montana, so there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of black kids or kids of other races really. I mean there was probably maybe you know 15 total in the school system you know that you could say like a half thai kid a uh, you know uh, me half white half black kid uh you know two black guys
12: did you all form a musical troupe
8: yeah yeah we were just like the minorities <laughs> um it's like i love minorities um no it was you know it was just like there wasn't a lot of you just didn't see a lot of uh similarities you know like or i didn't see a lot of similarities at least uh to other people physically that look like me but uh I definitely love the fact that people expected. Well, they didn't quite know what to expect, really. I think because all they had were movies and TV. So if they saw a black kid, they were like, "Well, on Brewster's Millions, you know, uh, you know, black people act like this." You know, or you know, or you know, Eddie Murphy does this, or uh, Bill Cosby does this. So they just had TV and movies, and. You know, they had to get to know me, so they had to kind of, like, go, well, here's a dude that looks like this, and then I'm not behaving the way that they do. So, uh, in a way, Montana was a good place to grow, up because people didn't really have too many expectations.
1: You can savor many more entries of Vice over at their home site, bit.ly, B-I-T dot slash vice dash podcasts, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and the aforementioned PodBay. In fact, let me take a minute out here to gripe about iTunes podcast app, they recently updated it with the latest uh, iteration of the iOS, and I don't know, to me, it sucks worse than ever. I mean, the audio quality's fine, but the ability to organize and find the podcasts you subscribe to, the latest episodes, podcasts you don't subscribe to but want to listen to anyway, well, pretty much everything about this app is lame. Or is it just me? Now, we don't pay anything for this, so just like Facebook or Twitter, we're pretty much stuck with what they lay on us, and who are we to complain? But this does make it easier to check out alternative apps like PodBay or another one that I really like, Overcast. And with Stitcher, you've been able to download episodes for a while now, so you're not dependent on having to stream shows through your cell connection. That's it, really. Just want to say something about it. Anyone else pissed off or even mildly annoyed by the new iTunes, iTunes podcast app? Drop me a note at M-A-R-C-Mark at Markhershon, H E R S H O N dot com, or just call and leave me a message on the Succotash Hotline at 1-818-921-7212, and let me know what you think. Like I said, this was going to be a pretty short show. We still have our second burst of Durst coming up and the latest from our contributing songster Abner Sird, after the close of the show. So let me take a quick dip into the tweet sack and see if anyone's given us any social media love this week. First of all, apologies to Jeffrey Welchman, former host of the Inverse Delirium podcast. He's got a new audio project he's working on, and he was kind enough to ask me to read some of the roles. I got way behind on many things, but am finally able to cut my tracks this weekend. So thanks, Jeffrey, for your patience. Can't wait to let folks know more about what you've been up to. I'll be interviewing comedian and actor Brian Haley soon. He's a very old pal of mine that you may know from movies like Baby's Day Out, McHale's Navy, and Gran Torino, where he played Clint Eastwood's grown son. Uh, He's doing a voice on a new podcast called The Message. It's not a comedy podcast, but it is pretty intriguing. A fictional account of the attempts to decipher a radio message from outer space. The third episode just dropped, and it's all pretty good listening. Plus, the episodes are only about 10 or 15 minutes long, and I'm getting pretty enamored of the short episode podcast, but maybe that's just because I have to listen to so many shows during the week. I had a phone call in the Tweet Sack this past week. It was live and unrecorded, so I have nothing to play for you, but I spent some time with Brian Flaherty of the New Hollywood podcast. He wanted to run an idea for a new podcast past me and... Have us kick it around a bit. It's actually a pretty funny concept, so much so that I'm not going to say anything about it anymore so it doesn't get stolen. I won't reveal anything, but I may have a hand in moving this thing forward. If it does, I promise I will give Suckatash listeners the early word on what's going on. Got an email from Vinay Patankar that reads, Hi Mark, I wanted to touch base as a fan of Suckatash the Comedy Podcast to see if you'd be interested in a free account of our new podcast management software Process Street. We're offering free lifetime accounts to our favorite podcasters. We have a number of great podcasters using us for managing their podcast release schedules. Happy to share who if you're interested, and would love to work with the team at Succotash, the comedy podcast. All the best, Vinay. Huh. And there's a link to check it out. Well, I clicked over to Process Street. It seems to be a digital checklist. So you check out you fill out a checklist of what you do for your episodes, and then you check the things off as you complete them. Unless I'm missing something. Hey, Vinay, uh, you did say it's being offered free to your favorite podcasters. Am, am I one of them? All right, if I'm, not re- if I'm reading sales pitches, you got to know that there's just nothing left in the Tweet Sack this week. If you do have questions about comedy podcasts or podcasting, or if you just need to get something off your chest, feel free to email us at TweetSack at com. That's right, you tell them, Tweety. This then would be the time where I read the names of as many folks as I can uncover who took the time this past week or so to tweet, retweet, favorite, DM, like, heart, forward, or otherwise give suckatash some sweet, sweet social media loving. The Pod Mafia, Broadcast Basement, Jocularity Show, Davy and Dent, Strange Time Show, George Grimwood, Amberly Archie, Christine Blackburn, Samantha Pettit. The Kimchi Chronicles Podcast Whore, Jordan Brady, Russ Martucci, Gormless Mook, Michael John Simpson, Pedro Rafael Rosada, Lala Smith, Jeffrey Welchman, Salty Language Pod, Bill Sweeney, Fahad Mirza, Ed Waller, Ryan Bradshaw, Slick Rick Derula, The Selling, Diani and Divine Meet the Apocalypse, Music of Bell, Ramesh Persuader, M.I.H. Podcast, The Mo Show Podcast, The Slant, Afterburn 739, Podcast Junkies, Thomas and Christy, Moshan Melvin, Jesse Springer, J.R.D. Skinner, DAPF Podcast, Laura Hachi, Push Power Tweet, Matthew Cole Weiss, Comic Book Jones, Hop the Troll, hi Hop, Trevin Ben from England, hi guys. Speechless Show. Links and Go. Get Off My Podcast. Bay Area Comedy Network. Jimmy Lee Work, Frivolous Monsters. Zencast FM. Wilda D. Dixon. Woe I Go. Mental Poison. Public Works SF. Britta is an A Hole. Jeff Rutherford. Suffolk. Suffolk. Pudding Company. Food is the New Rock. The Unsocial Network. Geek Heavy. Constant Struggle Pod. Tricky Germ, Help NYC Green, Kelly Carlin, Stand-Up Agent, and Radio Lover Room.
2: Hey guys, we'll be you with a few choice words about the first Democratic debate of the election cycle, and hope you weren't expecting fireworks, because not even a few soggy matches. This initial gathering of liberal presidential wannabes did highlight the different styles between them. Both advocate giving the government's money away, but the Democrats prefer handing it out to poor people, while the Republicans want to slip it to the rich. Their debating styles are also as different as bludgeons and pinwheels. During their recent infernal internal face-offs, Republicans bit off big chunks of red meat and spit them in each other's face, while Democrats barely summoned the energy to crack the crust of their creme brulee. Martin O'Malley squandered a chance to be handed a passport to legitimate Contenderville by putting the shill in the shilly-shally. Jim Webb approached the whole thing like he was auditioning for a Democratic John McCain tribute ban, grinning kind of creepily while recounting his killing of a communist. And no need to give Lincoln Chafee a drug test, because there won't be any performance-enhancing drugs found in his urine, if you catch my drift. Bernie Sanders corkscrewed around the stage explaining how to be a socialist and a good capitalist at the same time. But the signature moment of the debate was when the Vermont senator handed Hillary a political gift the size of Donald Trump's ego by saying... The American people are sick and tired of hearing about your damn emails. Causing the partisan crowd to erupt in applause, with Bill leading the charge. Because the big winner was Hillary Clinton, whose command of the room and the facts made her look, dare we say it, presidential. And who should be forced to join the Writers Guild, because not even Spielberg could have scripted a more perfect ending to this evening. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast, podcast, I'm Will Durst. There's our Burst of Durst nightcap. Thanks, Will. appreciate you
1: submitting these segments every episode. And if anyone out there would like to sponsor the Burst of Durst feature, by the way, we'd be happy to run your spots, have Will read them, and he'll get the money. Most of it, anyway. So let us know. Also, more Durst in all his glory over at willdurst.com. We are all done with Succotash Clips Epi 118, and that did not hurt a bit, did it? I'm going to give you a virtual lollipop for being so brave. Remember to stick around after Bill Haywatt finishes up for the latest bit of musical weirdness from Abner Surd. And until next time, thanks so much for passing the Succotash.
0: Good bye. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook... Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at Suckatash dot com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll free call number 818-921-7212 That
7: number
0: again is 818-921-7212 Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sayner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey, Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash.
11: Goodbye. We used to keep a pair of rabbits with their mild-mannered habits in a hutch. It wasn't much, but it was nice. It would suffice. It had a view. Now there's a few. We built a bigger rabbit warren, but we just kept getting more and more and more. Rabbits galore. It's such a shame. They look the same. What could we do? We fed them too. I don't know how we got so many, but there must be ten or twenty of them now. So anyhow... We've got a bunch, I've got a hunch, this overrun, it isn't done. You'd better tell the babysitter there's a critter counterfeiter on the loose, so hide the goose. And both the dogs and all the frogs don't look perplexed, they could be next.